Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your family are doing well and are blessed. We are in the subject of the call of God. And uh, yesterday I talked, uh, uh, you know, about the calling of uh, Saul of Tarsus, who later on became the Apostle Paul. It was unusual in the sense that uh, Saul of Tarsus wasn't even a Christian. I mean, he didn't believe in Jesus. On the contrary, he was out persecuting the Christians to kill them. And God suddenly touched him and called him to the ministry and began to use him. So, you know, through all this, so the past, whatever you have heard the past few days, uh, uh, you know, ever since we started, I, I've, I've tried to illustrate to you how God calls different people from different places in life, from different backgrounds, different situations and in different ways. And, and he calls them to do different things. So it is, there's no cookie cutter formula when it comes to the call of God on people's lives. Anyway, so now today we're going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, we have spoken so far on how Jesus called his disciples and uh, and now we're going to talk about Jesus uh, appointing his 12 apostles and how Jesus multiplied his ministry through his disciples. So uh, first of all, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 6 and I'm going to read four verses from verses uh, 12 to 16. Uh, with actually, it's five verses, verses 12 to 16. And from Luke chapter 6, 12 to 16, it says, at that time, Jesus went to a mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. This is something that Jesus often did. He used to just leave the multitudes and go aside and uh, to talk to God, to pray. And this is very important because you see, it is only when you stand before God that you can turn around and stand before people. So Jesus, he went up to a mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. So uh, so it was obviously very important what he was praying about. And then in verse 13, it says, And when it was day, he called his disciples. He chose 12 of them and called them apostles. And they were Simon, whom Jesus named Peter, and Simon's brother Andrew, James and John, these were the first four disciples who he called, they were, you know, fishing. And then Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James. Uh, Matthew was the tax collector we read about. Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus. Simon, who was called the Zealot. Judas, the son of James. And Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So this is important. So uh, because, you see, Jesus had... Uh, people think that Jesus only had 12 people following him. No, he didn't. He actually had a bigger crowd that followed him around. But uh, from this crowd, he picked 12 to be apostles. So everybody was not an apostle, but he chose 12 of them to be apostles. And, and it's very really obvious from these verses that when that before he chose those 12 to be apostles, he spent the whole night in prayer to God. So I believe he wanted to hear from the father which ones he should choose to be apostles. And so he spent the whole night in prayer to God before the father. Now, the other thing is very interesting is that Jesus himself is God. He is the son of God. Why did he need to spend a whole night in prayer? Don't you think he would know everything 
without asking the father since he and the father were co-equal well you got to understand that jesus when he walked on this earth he was still the son of god he was still god he didn't cease to be the son of god but he had stripped himself of his divine glory and he had become one of us so he walked on this earth under the same conditions in which a man had to walk so he used his faith he prayed uh, and, and and you know and he had to hear from the father just like we have to we have to use our faith we have to pray he spoke the word he being the word the living word himself spoke the word when satan tempted him he could have said satan don't you know who i am i'm the one who made you no he didn't he said it is written so jesus himself spoke the word so he he subjected himself to the father and became a man and subjected himself to all the conditions under which a man lives on this earth so just think of it i want you to understand that jesus he being the word of god he studied the scripture he knew the scripture he quoted he spoke the scripture you remember when he sat in the temple and discussed and debated with the with the with the uh, with with those who knew the law with the teachers of the law and then not only that but then he um, he had to pray we see here he is praying to the father and it says that another place it says that with with loud cries and tears he cried out unto the one who could save him from death he put himself subjected himself to the same conditions uh, as as a man lives under and then then he fasted he fasted and prayed and he was tempted in every way but without sin but he was tempted he was subject to that too and then uh, then when it comes to physical things he was hungry remember he was he could be tired and he needed to sleep he slept and there were times he was hungry and he had to eat and and and, and so he had to walk to get places so uh, that is why because jesus being god and it's not that he ceased being god ceased being the son of god he was still the living word but he subjected himself to the same conditions to which a human being is is subject and became one of us so that he could be our savior just think of the love of jesus that he subjected himself to all those things just so that he could be one of us to be <coughs> as the book of hebrews says the captain of our salvation to be one of us so that's why he you know he wanted to choose 12 disciples so he went to the father and talked to the father and he prayed all night sometimes it takes a long time to 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 hear from god you know and you do that and jesus did that he prayed then when he came back he chose 12 and called them to be disciples now if you if you go through this list you know you have simon uh, peter he, you know he was an impulsive fellow he was the one who said i'll never betray you and jesus uh you know he, he, and he is the one who ended up denying jesus but then on the day of pentecost everything turned around and then you had andrew james john philip bartholomew uh, um, bartholomew then you had simon the zealot is an interesting character because the zealots were those who believed in an armed uh, insurrection rebellion against the romans they wanted to fight the romans and kill them and Simon was one of the zealots he was a part of that liberation movement and Jesus called him and then Judas Iscariot the guy 
who stole money from the offering and he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus called him to be an apostle. So, you know, some of these things I don't understand why Jesus called them, you know, but he did whatever purpose, whatever reason, these are the people he called, but he didn't take it lightly. He didn't like cast laws, uh, lots or, or pull straws. He, he went to God and God uh, chose these 12 for him. But you look at, you look at some of them, uh, you know, I've shown you some of the shortcomings, but look at the great things they did. Simon, I mean, oh my goodness, he was a, Simon Peter became a great apostle of Jesus. And then you had uh, Andrew and you had James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas. Thomas was the one who doubted, but Thomas went uh, all the way to India. And when he landed on the shores of Calicut, he, he, he spoke in tongues and they understood them in their language. And the church that Simon planted, I mean, uh, Thomas planted there, the Mar Thomas church is still there 2000 years later. The church that Thomas planted is still there. You'll see them in, the, in, the, in South India on the West Coast. They're strong there, Mar Thomas, the church of St. Thomas. And uh, he, he became a martyr and you go to the city of Madras, which is now known as Chennai, right in the middle of town, there's a hill called St. Thomas Mount. And that's where he, I believe that's where he's buried. And, um, you know, so you had, uh, uh, you have great, you had men who were flawed, but also men who in spite of their flaws, God used to do great things. So these are men who were called to be apostles and, and even the apostles were not perfect. He didn't choose the 12 most perfect ones, but he, God's choice, God chose those 12. We don't know why God chose them. He chose them because of his own, uh, own, uh, own uh, choice. And that's how God does things. He doesn't call people on the basis of their merits and who's most educated, who's most good looking, who is the most suited for the job, but God chooses people according to his choice. And as somebody said, God doesn't choose the qualified, but he qualifies the chosen. So he chose these 12 men and they, their weaknesses are also very obvious later on in the, you know, when we read the gospels, but also the great exploits they did in the name of Jesus. God used them. That's also fantastic. So anyway, Jesus prayed all night and he appointed 12 apostles. So these were 12 men who he chose to be apostles. And then out of these 12, he had three who were like his innermost circle. And that was Peter, James, and John. And these three out of the apostles were those who were chosen by Jesus. And they were his innermost circle and they went everywhere he went. And you, you read about them. You read about Peter, James, and John, uh, you know, the three of them together. And they went everywhere where Jesus went. They were the closest of his three apostles. Uh, of his 12 apostles, the three who were in his inner circle. So now uh, Jesus multiplies his ministry through the 12. These 12 apostles, how Jesus multiplies his ministry through them. So I'm going to read to you from Matthew 9 verses 35 to Matthew 10 verse 1 because 
You see, when those gospels and the books of the Bible were written, there were no chapter and verse divisions. The chapter and verse divisions were put in there uh, by the translations, but the, the books were written as one book. And so uh, sometimes I think we make a mistake when we stop reading at the end of a chapter and then we think that's where it ends and we should just stop there. No, we should sometimes the context actually goes into the next chapter so we're going to, and this is one such situation where the context goes into the next chapter so don't stop reading at the end of uh, the ninth chapter but go into the tenth chapter you'll get the full context so matthew 9 35 uh, 2 verse 10 verse 1 it says and jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So Jesus, he went through all the cities and villages. So in a certain region, region Jesus decided to carpet the whole region with the gospel. So he didn't go to one or two places. He says he went to all the cities and all the villages. And this is what he did. He taught in their synagogues and he preached and proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. Wow. Listen to me again. Jesus and of course his disciples, he went to all the cities and all the villages and he taught in every single synagogue and he preached the good news to the people, the good news of the kingdom. And then he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. So he had a mass, mass, mass ministry carpeting the whole area with the gospel, with power evangelism, miracles. And then look at verse 36. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. But when he saw the multitudes, because he was reaching the multitude, he saw the vast multitudes. It says when he saw them, he was, because they were coming to him. You know, people were coming to be healed and people were coming to be set free. And then it says he was moved with compassion. His heart was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad like sheep having no shepherd. They fainted and they were scattered abroad like sheep not having any shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So he saw these people and then he said to his disciples, he says the people were scattered like sheep having no shepherd because they were hungry, but there was no one to lead them and no one to feed them. That's what a shepherd does. He leads people, he protects them and he feeds them. And they're no, I mean, they had the Pharisees and they had their priests and they had the teachers of the law, but these people just burdened them with the law. That's what they did. Jesus says, woe unto you Pharisees. You, you put so much of burdens on people and you don't lift a single finger to help them. And, and Jesus was moving compassion because here they were. And these were people who, who you know, who, who, who wanted God in their lives. And they, 
you know, but, but there was no one to lead them, no one to help them, no one to shepherd them, no one to guide them. And he came and his heart was breaking with compassion because they needed healing and they needed deliverance and they needed peace in their lives. And so his heart was moved because there was no one to help them. They were sheep without shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He says, look at the harvest is so great but there's so few laborers to go into the harvest. Then he said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He says, pray that the Lord would send workers, laborers into the harvest field. And then it says in verse chapter 10, verse one, the next chapter. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So he told them in the last verse of chapter nine, he says, he says, uh, uh, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. And in the next verse, he made them the answer to their own prayer. He said, pray that the Lord will send laborers to the harvest. And in the next verse, he sends them out. That means he made them the answer to their own prayer and made them laborers into the harvest. And he says he called them his 12 disciples. And when he called them, this is what he did. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manners of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, I want you to, I want you to see this because you see, it says Jesus was teaching in the synagogues and Jesus was preaching the gospel and then he was healing the sick. But when he, he looked at the harvest, he, he wanted to send out laborers. He didn't say that, okay, I'm giving you a teaching anointing. That's not what he said because these people need to be taught. I'm giving you a teaching anointing. He didn't say that. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to give you a preaching anointing because that's what I was doing. No, he gave them power against demons to cast them out and to heal all manners of sickness and all manners of disease. You see, healing and deliverance are door openers for the word of God. Because when there is healing, when there is deliverance, when people get free, set free from the power of the devil, when people are healed from sickness and diseases, people will come to hear the word of God. So instead of saying to disciples, that, okay, now God, I'm sending his laborers to the harvest. So come lay hands on you. Oh God, Father, give them a teaching anointing or give them a preaching anointing or give them a revelation. So they get some huge revelation from God that they can teach. No, he gave them power. So you see, the first thing that God wants to give us when he calls us, even if we are called to teach, even if we are called to preach, God wants to give us power to cast out devils and to heal the sick because these are the things that are door openers. Because let me tell you, there are many needs people have, but these are the most upfront needs that people have. Because if uh, people have all kinds of needs, spiritual needs, financial needs, all these things, but these are the most upfront needs most people have. So that is why it is very, very important that if we are, are, are going to serve God, we really believe God for this. Father, I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils and heal the sick. And Jesus has 
already given to us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, you have the power to cast out devils and you have the power to lay your hands upon the sick. Don't let anyone tell you that you don't because if you have the Holy Ghost, Jesus said you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall receive power. So if the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you have received the power to do the works of Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 verse 12, he said, he who believes in me steadfastly shall do the same things that I do and even greater things than these shall he do because I go unto the Father. So here we see that the very vastness of the unreached harvest, the vastness of souls who had no uh, shepherd to shepherd them, it necessitated that Jesus multiply his ministry through his 12 because he realized that here's this vast multitude and I'm the only one who is here to cast out devils, to heal the sick and to show them the kingdom of God. He says, I need more people. I cannot do it by myself. So he called his 12 and he said, listen, pray that the Lord will send more laborers into the harvest because the harvest field is vast. But then he said, okay, I'm giving you the power to do the same things that I am doing. In other words, you shall now go out and cast out devils and heal the sick in my name. And the same things that I'm doing, you shall do. So, you know, that is what the calling of the ministry is. And it's not about offices. Some people say, oh, I have a teaching anointing. Oh, I have, I'm a prophet. Some people think it's about titles. It's not about titles. Or some people ask me, what office do you stand in? It's not about office. It's not about titles. It is about doing the works of Jesus. You know, if you are doing the works of Jesus, nobody will bother to ask you about your title and the office because people want what Jesus has for them. So forget about titles, forget about office. And those are not the things you should be looking at. What you should be looking at are the multitudes because that is why God has called us and that is why he has baptized us with the Holy Ghost and with fire and he has anointed us and he sends us out. It is because of the people, the multitudes out there who are suffering, who need Jesus so badly. Hallelujah. Anyway, so Jesus uh, ministers to the people and, uh, and then he saw more people, more harvest workers were needed. So he sent out his 12. Now, I'm going to <coughs> show you another place. We've got the Gospel of Luke in chapter 8. And we see how Jesus ministers to the people. And then again, once again, the needs were so great, he sends out the 12. And still the 12 were not enough. Then he sends out 70 other laborers. This is a very, very fascinating story. It says, and it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. Now, this is good. Jesus, once again, he went through every city. He went through every village preaching. Preaching means proclaiming. You know, some people think that teaching is speaking slowly and preaching is just shouting. It has nothing to do with how loud you speak or how fast you speak that a teacher talks slowly and a preacher speaks fast or a teacher speaks in very deliberate tones while a preacher just screams and shouts and spits all over the place. That is not teaching and preaching. Teaching is expounding the scriptures. Preaching is proclaiming. 
right? It has nothing to do with the tone of the voice or how loud and fast you talk. It has to do with, with what you are doing. Teaching is expounding the scriptures. Preaching is proclaiming. So Jesus, it says he was preaching. He went to the towns and now he's preaching and proclaiming and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. So he was preaching and he was demonstrating the good news of the kingdom of God. So he was preaching, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And as well as he was giving demonstration, he was giving proof, he was giving evidence. He was showing the good news of the kingdom. So Jesus was preaching and he was giving proof through signs, wonders and miracles of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. Then in Luke chapter 9, the next chapter, verses 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Praise God. So he went out preaching and showing the glad King, tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. And then he saw that him ministering to the people was not enough. So what he did was he called his 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Now there are two words here. What he gave them was power and authority. Power is dynamis. That is uh, the explosive word. And uh, that means it's God's power, God's ability. That is brute force, the brute force of the Holy Ghost that can expel demons and destroy diseases and sicknesses. That is power. That's what Jesus said. You shall receive power. He said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive that explosive dunamis, dynamite power of the Holy Ghost that breaks every chain that destroys the devil. He says, he gave them power and he gave them authority. Authority is the Greek word exousia. Exousia means uh, the right to act on behalf of a higher authority. That's exousia. So the, our higher authority is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And when we stand here on earth, just, you know, some people think it's all about your faith. Yes, it is about your faith, but it's not all about your faith. It is also about who you represent. So when we see, speak the name of Jesus, what I'm saying is actually is two things. Firstly, there is power in the, uh, in the speaking of the name itself, but it also means that I'm standing on behalf of Jesus Christ. I'm telling the devil, I'm telling dis the diseases, I'm telling them that I am standing here as sent by Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the right to speak and to act on his behalf. And that is exousia, that when we speak and we act and uh, on behalf of a higher authority that is higher than us, and that is Jesus Christ. And at his name, every knee has to bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. And every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that is exousia. We have power and authority. So he gave them power and he gave them authority. He gave them that power, the ability then he gave them the right to act on his behalf to cast out devils and to cure diseases. What, uh, and then it says, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick.
praise God. Well, let's stop here. I can't carry on because our time is up. And so uh, this is an exciting uh, passage I'm going to share with you. I'll continue with it tomorrow. And um, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to be blessed by this. But let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. And thank you, Father, that you touch them, use them, bless them mightily for your glory so that you be glorified through their lives, Father. Use all of us, Lord. Send us out to the harvest field, Father, and use us for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you, and I love you, and remember Jesus loves you, and remember that the greater one lives in you. God bless you.